Hello, hello, hello! Welcome back to another episode of Stable Geniuses. I'm Eagle, and I will be your host once again. First things first, I'd like to announce the winner of the Episode 3 badge drawing to be one Colin. Congratulations, Colin. The registration department will contact you with the code or what have you for the free badge. Now, getting right down to business, I am very excited as this episode of Stable Geniuses kicks off a series of guests from our the crew who puts on the lovely, the amazing Grand Galloping Gala. The head of both the gala and the cosplay department, the deputy of cosplay, and our third is not only a gala cast member, she is the one, the only, the lovely main event. Why don't you introduce yourselves and say hi to the ponies, folks? Alrighty, so I guess I'll start. Hello, my name is Kat, and I go by Lady Ada Cosplay, and it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. And I'm Shelby, Shelbini Cosplay, the uh, one of the mascots and one of the gala actors, and it's nice to be here. Hi, my name is uh, Escanova, and I am the deputy of Cosplay. It is nice to meet you. And it is so, so lovely to have you all here. It's been just great talking to the uh, entire cast throughout this little journey of ours. As has been mentioned many times, the gala is my absolute favorite part of BronyCon, so just having you all here has been... Oh, it's been a trip. Um, I did have the idea of, I know currently talking about this year's gala is off-limits. And... In a way, so is talking about where y'all want to go next. Mm-hmm. If we came back and did this all again after the con, would you be willing? Absolutely. I would have no issue coming in and talking about the gala after everything happens. But I told the rest of the cast that we're treating this as if we were the cast of the end game of the Avengers Endgame. And nobody's allowed to be Tom Holland and nobody's allowed to be Mark Rockwell. So, um... <laughs> In other words, um, no spoilers, no talking about the the show. I mean, uh, I'm I'm just gonna be uh, I'm just being Paul Rudd. That's all I'm being that entire. Thing. When did to be Paul Rudd? Um, <laughs> but um, if we were to do uh, like a post mortem interview to talk about the show, I would be all for it. Uh, but for right now, uh, we are treating it like it's the end game. That being said, I do have a few questions I've asked, uh, which are standard, which starting off is how did you end up involved in either staffing BronyCon or the gala in particular? So I think, uh, let's have, uh, let's have, um, Shelby over here start and we'll, we'll go through it because it's a little bit of a different story. Um, I know Escanova and I have been kind of on the, we've been doing kind of the same journey here together so let's have let's have a Shelby start us off okay uh yeah no mine's mine's pretty simple I remember the first year that the gala was being started somebody emailed me and was like hey we're looking for people for this thing submit something and so I submitted an audition and I got cast as Fluttershy, but I couldn't end up doing the first gala because I was starting a business in Columbia and I 
couldn't get off. And so I came back the next year as Fluttershy, and I've been Fluttershy for all of them except for the one gala that we did the um, the Dazzlings in. And as far as staffing goes, it just sort of became a um, organic cat managed to get us all into the staff from um, from cosplaying and working on the gala because we do a whole heck of a lot of work for this. So I'm always really happy to be a part of something. And then as for mascotting, I sort of fell into that. Cat asked me to take over for the other cat who was main event because she uh, was no longer able to attend. So I'm just, I'm enjoying that. That's super fun. <laughs> She's living the dream. <laughs> living the dream, guys. As for Espinosa and myself, uh, we were part of the very first gala that ever had like a stage show. Uh, we had been attending BronyCon prior to that. We attended the year before. And the year before that, and, too. <laughs> and the year before that, too. Yeah, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Uh, back when it was back in Jersey. Sorry. <laughs> real, real quick side note. When that happened, uh, when, she, when Lady Ava here got me into... Uh, My Little Pony. I thought, like, at first it was just going to be, like, a one-and-done thing, and this was, like, back in, uh, like, the Otacons, and uh, I think there was another convention we did it, but I only did, we did, what was it, Rainbow Dash and Soren, and then I think it was a day in the city where you and another friend of ours were poking me, being like, hey, 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 Jeff, you want to go here? Want to go here? Come on, come on, be be my big brother. I'm just like, Literally, it was nonstop. (laughs) It was just a barrage, and I'm like, fine let's do this and then honestly i had a lot of fun on that first year and then well take it away since i'm gonna go off in memory lane (laughs) so we signed up to be twilight and spike mainly because uh we have a very interesting rapport together we basically are like siblings in real life so for us to be spike and twilight kind of just organically worked out um then one year i believe I think it was 2016, our current gala director couldn't be on site for the convention. So I ended up taking over for her during that year. So that was the first year I ran the cosplay uh, stuff, and that was the first year on site I directed the gala. Um, after that, we had a split where she felt that we could uh, take over and handle doing cosplay while she focused on the gala. So um Escanova and I created the cosplay department and that changed the layout of how cosplay was handled at BronyCon where uh, we created a competitive category and a non-competitive category and we created it for the span of two days where people could showcase their work and be able to really have their costumes judged by incredibly talented judges that we bring in every year the the three of them have been nothing short of phenomenal so big shout out to them and then um, when our gala director decided to leave the convention and go to pursue her career, um, I was given the gala, and it kind of went from there. I, um, I directed the first year. I took the literal horse reins here, yes. <laughs> and um, it went from there. Uh, we did some recasting. We brought in some new people, and I feel that Last year, our department was probably one of the best memories I've had from last year because it was a solid group of people 
and we created new content for the cosplayers and with the kids rooms and everything like that and i really feel like we uh we were we were very very active with everybody from even for people that uh, were of cosplay and not of cosplay as well parents kids family you name it we were everywhere at that point yeah so and um yeah i mean that's where it kind of leaves off we're going back, coming back for the last year uh guns blazing and ready to really create a really great experience for everybody attending the last run prepared to shoot to thrill huh but this is a g-rated convention so we'll use water guns instead <laughs> <laughs> yes nerf guns, nerf I, guns. yes n- let's go with nerf guns as i'm sure with the dress code of the gala water would not be appreciated not so oh. much, no. Just <laughs> for drinking, not for throwing. Oh, that was a dramatic pause between the three of us. Well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right, sorry. <laughs> Everybody, that was Jeff, not one of the girls. Oh, boy. <laughs> you, you know what we got yourselves into. You all know. Yes, yes, we do. And if you're lucky, you'll hear my Revenge of the Nerds laugh before the night is out. Oh, don't worry. It'll happen. I cannot wait. It is not something I can do on command. You have to actually get me to laugh that hard. We all have different varieties of humor, so one of us will 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 hit the spot for you. <laughs> we'll see what we can do. <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. Okay, so that covers how you got involved and more or less what you each do. Although, having one of the mascots on here, I actually, honestly, I forgot to ask, um, uh, oh, Chiller. Jordan? No, I don't think it was Jordan. Uh, it was, uh... Yeah, Jordan plays a blank canvas for, um, the mascot. Oh, yes. Okay, thank you. I actually did forget to ask Jordan this, but what is it like being one of the mascots? So it's actually pretty wonderful. Um, The company that I owned prior to this was a birthday party princess company. So I have a lot of experience working in character with children. And I've done it for a lot of My Little Pony conventions around the country, actually. So getting to just sort of step into this character and getting to represent the convention, represent the feelings of all the people who are attending the convention has just been a really wonderful and unique experience. It's just been such a wonderful way to connect with everybody there because I find that My Little Pony conventions particularly of all the conventions that I have been to, like I've been to sci-fi, I've been to anime, I've been to all sorts of conventions, but just the pure camaraderie and love of friendship and respect for each other is just so much more apparent at My Little Pony conventions than any other convention I've been to. So getting to just sort of connect with everybody on a more more meaningful level has just been really wonderful. So I really, I've enjoyed being a mascot. Um, Shelby is a very, very talented actress. And when the opportunity came up for us to have a new main event step in uh, because our other one was not returning. Um, I thought she was the perfect fit. She has uh, the charisma for it. She is very good with people. And um, she crushed it last year as main event. So um, I can tell you right now that you 
can look forward to some really cool stuff we have planned for the mascots this year because I'm working on some stuff for them. So the mascots have a nice, fun final story to tell for BronyCon, and so I think she, once again, is going to be an A-plus main event for us. What's the term we're using now? Punch in, punch, punch him in the feels? <laughs> punch him in the feels. I think the term is punch him in the feels hard. <laughs> and as I've noticed, she's also one spectacular singer. Thank you. I have a very expensive piece of paper that says so. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's... uh. One of the main reasons we had her sing live last year for the gala was because her expensive piece of paper needed to be showcased. So we decided to have her sing live for the gala, which was probably one of my favorite things. Showcased it was. I have never seen a room full of hundreds of people drop silent like that. But for her, they did. I'm glad that it worked out because I couldn't hear the music for the first part, so I was terrified. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I thought, too. That's what I thought, too. I felt so bad. I think that was the one... That's why I ran on stage and handed you the mic, because I honestly thought... I didn't think that was the reason. I thought your mic was not working. That's why I'm like, here. (laughs) I know that's... That's what everybody thought. No, I just straight up couldn't hear the music, because once the music started, everybody started, like, cheering, and then I couldn't hear where the music was. And that whole track is all like, do, 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 do. Yeah, that was a terrifying moment in my life. I wanted to cry. (laughs) (laughs) But you held it like a champ, my friend. Just turned around and pirouetted on stage until I knew where I was and called it good. Oh, back up. You you owned a company? Yeah, yeah. So I owned a birthday party princess company in Colombia up until I guess about a year or two ago when I moved from Colombia and just couldn't run uh, it there. Columbia, the country or the city? <laughs> Columbia, South Carolina. I'm living like two hours down in Charleston now. But I didn't have a car for a year, so it was really hard to do birthday parties when you couldn't go anywhere. At least do birthday parties in costume. I cannot imagine living in southeast coast heat and walking somewhere in costume. Oh, friend, the things I could tell you. (laughs) It gets really interesting, for sure. (laughs) So, you and Jeff have always been Twilight and Spike since the beginning? Yes. Shelby's been Fluttershy every year except 2017, at which point she was Pinky, right? No, I was Adagio. And I wasn't Fluttershy in the very first gala I was cast... But I couldn't attend because I was working on my business. Yeah. We had to we had to get a last minute decision for her, but we brought her back and she's been fabulous since. So She is amazing. Oh, thank you. The the gala is a very unique event to BronyCon because of how we do a stage show with it and everything like that. And it's It's interesting because I feel like a lot of people don't fully grasp the amount of work that goes into the gala. Because how it worked is after last year, after we ended in, I believe it was late, was it in August last year we had BronyCon? I'm drawing a blank. So in early August, we ended BronyCon and 
that Sunday, we all went out to dinner as a giant, like, end of convention party type thing for us. And we ended up sitting there and everybody, like, talking amongst themselves. And I remember I'm sitting with uh, my boyfriend's on one side and uh, Kira was on the other side with me. And I'm sitting there and I have my phone out and I'm just looking and Kira's like, hey, uh, like, you want to, like, join in all the conversation, blah, blah, blah. And she looks down and she's like, Kat, are, are you writing notes for next year? And I'm like, yep. <laughs> because a lot of what we decided for the gala, I was grabbing from the cast and what they were talking about and what they were being enthusiastic about. So when it came down to writing the show this year, it was almost as if everybody had a little piece to contribute, and that's how I kind of built the show. Um, but the gala itself, like, we start relatively early to start rehearsing. It took me about two and a half to three months to write the show, and that was also last year as well. It took me about two and a half to three months to write the show. And I can tell you a fun fact that is not wildly known about the galas, is the two that I have written, which is the movie one and this year's gala, have both entirely been written on my phone. I have not once used a computer to write the gala. Um, I write during my commute. I write during my commute to work. So I will sit there for my hour and change commute to work every day on my phone, and I will just sit there and I will type up the scripts, and I write out of order. Uh, everything gets written however, like, I'm trying to decide how audio is going to work and how cues are going to work, and I build off of audio ideas and things. Uh, Basically, stream of consciousness. Yes, I, I work within a stream of consciousness. And what happens after that is uh, the cast kind of got little pieces of the script I'll share, or, like, tiny pieces of the script, but they don't get to read the entirety of it until it is complete. So how we rehearse is through either Discord or we uh, we uh, rehearse through um, Google Hangouts. And I remember when I gave them the script, they were it was probably one, my favorite part is reading their reactions to it. That's how I get to understand if it's going to work or not. The guest is technically the first audience when they read the scripts through. So. The, the movie script was interesting because when I sent it out and we had our first really big rehearsal with most of the cast available uh, to read through it, I remember when we got to the part where uh, Snips and Snails come in for the first time as Bill and Ted, and um, I just remember them laughing a lot. That's how I know that I it was going to be okay because I... Had some serious doubts about this. The movie Gala was one that I wanted to do for ages, but we never, we never did it. And so when I finally had the opportunity to write it, I was like, this has to be like as much as possible. And things get cut, things get changed. There are storylines that get changed, lines get changed. There's a whole scene that got added like three weeks before the convention. And uh, Jordan and Haley were champs trying to <laughs> learn how to do it because it was the whole sequence of like. I am so happy they did what they did. Thank you. They everybody's great at improv, and I think when if and when it finally happened on stage, like when it happened, the whole little like whoops of the, uh, what was it? The uh, whatever the 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 crown artifact that that fell off. 
And they both went, ah! I'm just like, well, that wasn't supposed to happen, but let's keep going. <laughs> although, Ruddle, although seeing the giant ball, boulder, yeah, I'll shut up. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, the, the giant boulder. Everything works out. We have a script. We stick to the script about 98% of the time. But some of the greatest gems of situations were never in the script. Because <laughs> um, everything, everything kind of just happens. Um, my personal, one of my personal favorites of all of those was when we did the time travel gala. And we were in the, was it the 60s or the 70s? I don't remember what decade. It was your decade, Shelby. Um, it was the 60s. And I, our, Twilight is on stage arguing with Discord, and you just see Shelby sit down and start like doing the deep breath with the <laughs> out of her. I'm just like, I just remember looking at Danny and then turning and going, "Don't laugh, don't laugh, don't laugh, don't laugh." <laughs> I have to sit there and look unamused, and I'm like, "Oh, oh god." I think there was just but. It's really hard to keep, honestly, like, as much as we are, like, professionals with this, it does take a really great deal of trying to keep a straight face with certain things, even if we do practice a line for, like, for a while, just because of either how funny it is or the fact that we want to possibly ad-lib just a little something else into it. And it gets fun. <laughs> yeah, it, a lot of, it gets, it gets super entertaining. I know that we've ad-libbed stuff, especially when things so wrong. Like, our 2017 gala, I think, is notorious for being the one where everything that could go wrong went wrong. <laughs> um, it was literally, it was literally Murphy's Law, if it can go And it had nothing to do with, like, the script or the cast. It was everything to do with just, like, everything just went wrong. <laughs> yeah, and, but as a cast, we rolled with it. So that's where it works out. We managed to make it work, which was great. And when I, in the, the year after, when we had the, the movie gala, when I added the line of, or worse, tech issues, it was literally, I was taking a stab at our own gala, because quite literally, it, it was what it was. <laughs> well, tech issues. I just, I'm just dying just dying over Katrina just like being on stage dying in that horse mask and just gesturing to us please come and save me but they would not let us go on stage because they hadn't turned our mics on and I'm just like I'm sorry friend I'm sorry <laughs> keep working it you got this friend now you got this. she just laid on the ground and died I think the one like eye opener for me when that happened I was not like because like how much room there, how much space there was like they were all the way in the back like the the audience were in the back when we first went on stage and when i think yeah you were the one that's like you know come up come forward and i'm like and i look i just see we just see the horde we just see a wave of them coming we're like mm. we both had that moment like uh, uh oh <laughs> and oh that was terrifying i should have picked my words better <laughs> and suddenly mistakes were made it was kind of like the moment where I felt like Simba in the Stampede of Wildebeests, and you're just like, ba, 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 running, oh god. 
I mean, so but, I've done like black box theater. I've had the audience right up on the stage before. It was never as bad as that. Like that's the way everybody was like practically climbing onto the stage. It was terrifying. Well, I mean, like I've done children's theater. I've done black box theater. It's never been like that before. And it it was it was a very interesting situation when I had to when I took over to um, for the gala. The the number one concern I have for the cast is safety. Um, I always worry about them, like if they get hurt or anything else. Like I stand backstage and I'll stand there with a script while people are on stage doing their thing, and I. I don't know if you've ever seen, like, the little, like, animated gif of Kermit the Frog, like, biting his nails, looking super nervous off stage, because that's me. I'm sitting there being like, please don't get hurt, please don't die, please don't fall, please don't break something. I'm not insured for that. <laughs> and especially when it came to things like the lightsaber battle, um, we made sure that we were training really hard so nobody got hurt. And what, it didn't dawn on me until we had our stage rehearsals like the night, not the night before, like two nights before, that, um, yeah, on Thursday, um, when we started fighting, the rest of the cast didn't realize that that's what it was going, that what was going to happen. Like, they knew we were going to have a lightsaber battle, but all of a sudden they're like, Jeff is taking falls. God is taking falls. V and I are, like, spinning sabers and going at them, like, like a bat out of you-know-where. And all of a sudden, I'm, like, I just remember in the corner of my eye seeing everybody take like three giant steps back because i think they were all thinking it's like oh they're just gonna do the, the normal and eh, 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 like no we're going for it. no when we go we go big fam sorry uh, i was trying to think like how many falls did we take you took more than scott you definitely took more than scott. yo that's true so i i was i was the uh residential crash dummy quite literally like you came on stage and you just would have i'm just like oh that sounded like it hurt. <laughs> it's like, I'm like, just just keep going. <laughs> I mean, it's Spike. He's a dragon. He can take it. it. It's just been a really intensive journey through doing the gala every year for BronyCon. Every year we learn something different. Every year we come back to a new story and new crazy ideas and everything else. Uh, I think the first time our gala kind of like took a step up and really like went outside the box as to what we could do as a gala was the time travel year. We kind of challenged ourselves to create a more interactive but unique show. And that was like theming all of the music in between uh, to fit the time period or to change costumes. That was the first year I think any of all of us did multiple costumes and it's only gotten worse. <laughs> well, it's also the first one where there was really something at stake because before that it was just sort of, well, this is a concept, but there's not really anything like if this doesn't get resolved, there it'll be okay kind of thing. But there was like actual stakes given for the time travel gala that really changed how we approached galas from that point forward. The way that um, we went into the galas is 
we decided to make it more episodic. Um, and that's what happened when we moved to the movie gala. We flipped the script, we changed things up, we decided to create higher stakes. That we would have the audience sitting there going, I want to know what happens, what's going to happen? And I think it was just fascinating to me, because when we hit that, that final scene, and we all come back from stage, and everything has been resolved, and everything is, you know, kumbaya and happy again, all of a sudden, it was like, I look out, and I'm like, our audience is still about the size of when we started earlier that night. So it turned the, the storyline of the gala into something that I feel like the audience is really getting into. And I mean, I, that's just from my perspective. I wouldn't know. I'm not an audience member. I'm up on stage. But the, the goal when working on the gala, for me personally, as the director, is to make sure that the audience is getting their dance time in and they get to enjoy themselves and they're really having, you know, the best night ever with pretty dresses and suits and being dressed up nicely. But at the same time, we're giving them an interactive experience where we want them to feel like they are in the episode of the show with us as the characters. And by creating that kind of environment for everybody, I feel like it creates a much more interesting experience. And I always go back, I keep saying experience and the, as like the whole, because that's what I want to give the audience. And I feel like the rest of the cast is with me on this as well, is it's all about the experience for the guests. We're just the actors. We're the ones who will spend months learning lines and everything. And that's all well and good, but at the end of the day, we're not doing it for us. We're doing it for the audience. Okay, so I don't know if this was covered or not, but for last year for the movie gala, I was one of your on-duty room managers. I wasn't the behind-the-stage person. I was working the door and the floor and making sure things stayed in order. And there was one particular young lady, I suppose I would call her. She is probably a little older than me. But uh, she was hanging out outside with my pal Wing, who wasn't dressed for the gala, but she was in a nice dress. She was as she was in this amazing Pinkie Pie cosplay. And, you know, she kind of wanted to go in, but she didn't want to go in alone. She didn't know anybody, so I happened to run into Wing. I was just checking outside, making sure doors were, making sure our security team was alright and stuff. And I found Wing in this lady. And I brought her in and got to know her a bit. We're still friends on Facebook. Haven't spoken in a while, but come to learn she's a teacher and stuff. She was, uh, I believe it was Philly she'd driven in from. And she's like, yeah, I can't stay long. And we went in about, oh, maybe hour and a half, two hours into the gala was when she I brought her back in. And she's like, I can't stay long. I really have to leave soon to get home. So anyways, but the end of the gala rolled around and she was still there. So, a person that was not intending to stay very long got so enthralled that she stayed the entire time. I've heard some really kind of amazing, like, little side stories of people from the gala. And it kind of makes us 
it's one of the main reasons we want to continue to do what we're doing because we like to see people be happy and if our hard work helps people be happy then i call that and welcome to the reason why after beginning to staff simply because i could not otherwise financially afford to attend i come came back and did it again staffing bonicon has become one of my favorite things to do and um especially the the thing here is that i as head of cosplay and head of the gala i do a lot of the work that nobody will ever see. So I'm handling all the, the pre-stuff of forms and sign-ups, and Jeff is assisting me on those as well, where we're both sitting there like, oh, well, this is what we're doing, and we do all, like, the sign-ups and getting people organized and emails and sitting through meetings and all that other good stuff. Um, but when we get with a grand old time darling, but when we actually get on site, and we hand out, as a, the air quote, marching orders for the staff. They're the ones who make air, all the work that Jeff and my other deputy, Alexa, and myself do just mean like it was worth it. They go off, they do their thing. And I know because of the level of professionalism I'm dealing with, I never have to work. I have to be one of the calmest people while working at the convention because I'm like, they're like, oh, don't you want to check on all of your, your staffers? I know they're like X, Y, and Z doing this, this, and this, and this. And I'm sitting there going, no, I know they're doing fine. They're good. They're good. She also knows that if there is a problem, we will let her know immediately. She doesn't have to worry. It, it's one of these things where I know that if there's a problem, I'll hear about it, and I'll be able to resolve it quickly. Um because there's enough of us on our in our little corner of the universe because I've made um like 99% of the gala cast is actually staff. They work for the convention. Uh be it as mascot actors, be it as just cosplay people working in the cosplay space, helping people out, doing panels, all of it. Even the royal breakfast where they come in and it's like a the, uh, an experience that I don't want to say reminds us of a certain theme park in Florida and California, but very similar, um, where they get to meet and greet and eat and enjoy time with the, the whole royal family of Equestria, which is why I really think that's another unique experience that we brought to the table. And it's, like I said, I never feel like I have to worry. Do I worry? Yes, because I actually am Twilight Sparkle in real life. And if you see the amount of organization that goes into what I give these people when they show up, uh, they have books. I, I bind books for the, for the rest of my staff. You have, and, you, and I'm a witness to this, you have literally a list for a list for another list on top of another list by to the side of another list underneath another list. And the post-it notes. <laughs> But when the, the cast and everyone shows up um, on Thursday, what they receive is these bound books from me that include their schedules, their scripts, their notes, any staffing of availability and things, their events, everything that they do are in these books. And I spend my time getting them organized prior to the event because... I want to make sure that they have everything they need 
to make sure that what they're doing is successful. So if you ever see any of the staff uh, for cosplay walking around with these books in their hands, like we used the book actually, I think twice in the gala actually last year, uh, the book that Haley exchange was using on stage to read her, um, read like the clues to get to the, the crown across the stage type situation was uh, her staff book. And then when V said that she needed to check the script as the Pony of Shadows, the book that was handed to her was actually the physical script. Like, it was her staff book. So everything is actually organized, and we use those books multiple times. So I'm happy to say that they, they're they used and abused throughout the entirety of the weekend. So Every so often, I will go back and I will watch, like, past galas. Just to kind of, it actually helped me write the galas uh, to go back and look at what we've done. So I'm making sure we're not repeating ourselves. But what happened is when I started watching um, the galas, there are little nuances, like things that happen backstage that the audience will never be the wiser to. But when I'm watching it, I'm sitting there going, I know X, Y, and Z is what happened and let me tell you <laughs> there are some moments like for example the 90s gala is where i was noticing it the most so we do the whole spice girls bit with all the with all the girls and it went well like we choreographed that maybe like two days beforehand and it looked great and everybody did an amazing job but then I go straight into another, like, super intensive dance battle with Spike. And halfway through the, the in-sync bit that we did, I'm sitting there and I look at my face going, good God, I'm dying. That is, like, the face of someone who's about to, like, hit the floor and die. Because I was so tired. Kat, that is what we all see. We're all off stage looking at you and going, good Lord, she needs to sleep. We are all off stage going, good lord, this child needs to sleep. Cat, why don't you love yourself? I mean, let's face it, the 90s was kind of a hot mess. <laughs> if I remember correctly, like, we finished, and I win, and it's great. But then we get off stage, and I'm just like, nobody talked to me for, like, the next ten minutes. <laughs> and you still see the the indent of the brick wall with cats just... because if i remember how my day that day went um i was up at 6 a.m i had breakfast we ran the cosplay stuff i was back and forth multiple times over green room space for the, for the fashion show and all this other stuff and then we did the fashion show we had two hours to go and get prepped get changed get all of our stuff back over to the convention center from our hotel prepped for the gala we did the gala, and then when we hit that point, it was very visible. I was like, here's the wall, and I just slammed into it. <laughs> it was sliding slowly down like in an old school cartoon. So... Oh, can I just say, um, wait, can I just say real quick, like, when we were doing that, like, entire, when you girls were doing the dance-off and everything, and I'm just kind of, I'm just there kind of, like, pretending, like, yeah, girls, eh. And then, like all the all the females that like, because you split it up between guys and girls in the uh, audience, all the girls knew how to do that dance, like knew how to do that Spice Girl dance, 
And when the boy band and when the boy band started happening, nobody for well, some of the girls actually knew the dance. No, none of the guys knew it. And I'm like, bros, what up? Why? Why have you forsaken me? <laughs> because after the '90s, everybody realized that boy bands are a terrible thing. The the, the resurrection of the boy band is happening through Kirby and But during our dance off in um, Spike and Twilight had this thing where we'd always be doing dance offs and lots of them. And I don't know where it came from. I don't know why it happened, but lo and behold, we always had a dance off. And I just remember sitting backstage, I was like, cross, I was up on top of one of the like equipment crates backstage during um, 2017's gala. I'm sitting there and I'm staring out at like the stage because there was like a little dazzling scene right beforehand. And I'm just standing there. I'm, I'm sitting on top of this crate watching them do their bit. And I have um, my boyfriend who was helping out with the gala that year. Uh, he's like, are you, are you okay? Are you ready to do this? And I just look at him and I'm going, I'm having a panic attack, but we'll see how it goes. And I just walk on stage. <laughs> So I did the entire sequence with a like a full fledged anxiety attack where I'm just sitting here going, Well, let's hope for the best and see how it goes. And here we are. But never say I'm not dedicated. <laughs> That's never say this task is never dedicated enough to really go all out for our people. Cause Scott was a champ last year. He had herniated discs in his back and he managed to get through fight scenes and a dance sequence with, with our lovely cadence and everything without any without making it look like it was bothering them. I know um, we all had like, art issues throughout the gala and I'm only speaking from my own personal experience but I know that with said issues we still power through it and make sure that we give the best show to everyone. Because that's what matters. We die after. Like, oh god, it's horrible. Like the whole the whole lot of us are just like, and we go to bed. What they don't realize is nothing is open after the gala, so we go back to our rooms and starve. To be fair, there was that one year after the gala where it was Jeff, Kira, Sarah, and myself. Jeff made rice in the rice cooker and you were up until 3am talking about gingerbread. (laughs) Well, I remember there was one year that I brought like instant ramen with me just in case and I know that like Cody was dying and he was just like laying on the floor and Sam was in the corner with her stuffed animals just breathing heavily and I'm just over there making ramen like nobody is okay. All this is as as the person who has put everybody on the big hush don't say anything, this is this is my official statement in regards to the twenty nineteen gala. The gala this year is going to be a very unique experience, more unique than anything I believe we have done in the past years. Um we are giving our all to this. It is the longest gala I have ever written. 
it is also going to be one of these situations where you're going to come in, you're not going to know what to expect, and that's what we're hoping for. You'll laugh, you'll have a good time, you'll have a lot of feels because it's our last show and you're going to enjoy it. I almost can guarantee that this is such a unique and different show from past years. I don't want to say that you'll be disappointed, but I will say that you're in for a really good I mean, I know when we finished last year, Kat was like, how are we supposed to top this? But I think that this does top it for sure. Because our gala last year was pretty top-notch, guys. I mean, I'm hoping that I get to come away from this gala describing it the way I describe Endgame. It was nothing like what I expected, but everything I could have wanted. Yeah, basically. we If our amps had a higher number, they would be turned up to 11. So, but the cast has been working so hard, and we've had a lot of, like, Everybody's been super busy, life happens, but our, our cast always makes the time to make sure that they are practicing their lines and learning things that I throw at them, and it's, we have a very solid cast. Um, the gala in itself is like this big, hugely dysfunctional family, um, where we all take care of each other, and we all have each other's backs. That is what the gala is. And in turn, as our guests, we become part of our crazy family for a night. So we want to make sure that when you guys come in and join our family while we perform for you guys, you all have the best night ever. So Yes. And I believe absolutely 100 25% that if any group of people on this planet can pull this off it's y'all and and I I just know that y'all will and it, it almost saddens me that I won't be uh, working with y'all on it this year like I was but eh, it is what it is you're with us in spirit as someone who has been a member of the gala since the first one I have gotten the opportunity to get to know all of these people on a much deeper level than just being convention friends. Uh, we talk on a daily basis. We talk about our successes. We talk about our not so successful days. We vent. We get out our frustrations. We support each other when one of us is feeling at their lowest and we push each other to succeed. And I don't think I've ever had a group of people that I would rather have that with than with these very talented, very motivated, very, very unique individuals that I've met because of the gala. Uh, Jeff and I have been friends for years, and for the two of us to come into this and meet people from all over the country that we never thought we would have the opportunity to ever meet has proven to be a really... Oh, I don't want to say it, but it really has been a very life-altering scenario. I mean, the entire like Carolina group, our friends from California, Colorado, uh, even our local friends who have joined our cast, they we've all gotten to know each other more because we're working so closely together. And 
because of that, they have become a part of my daily life. Even if I don't get to see them on a daily basis, they are still a part of my daily life. If something good happens, I can't wait to tell the rest of the Galacast, like, hey, did you hear this really awesome thing that happened? It's great. Um, or when other of our friends have, like, new jobs or really good opportunities handed to them, or they're going to a convention and they work really hard on this new costume and they show us for the first time before posting it anywhere else, we're there to, to celebrate it. And that's the kind of relationship that we want to pass on to the rest of our attendees, to let them know that we appreciate you guys and we're here to support you guys. And the fact that you guys keep showing up every year is why we still get to do this. Uh, if people stopped coming, we wouldn't have a gala. But because people have been coming and they have been supportive and they have been encouraging us to try like different things and expand upon the show that we've created to create what we're doing now is nothing short of fantastic. Bronies are supportive anything and when coming into the fandom when I did uh, all, all them years ago at this point um, to now come back to being as our final year at BronyCon it's bittersweet almost because I know that I'm still going to be friends with these people after the convention is over but it's almost it kind of hurts and I'm going to be the one who's going to hold it together as much as they can and then probably be a hot mess on Sunday. So uh, I'll let it's everybody... It's going to be just one chapter yeah, ending. One chapter ending. But it doesn't another... mean that our friendship is yeah. over. So one book closes, but another one is waiting for the next And with all... I don't know, just like with this entire journey like I didn't think it was going to go I at least personally for me I didn't think it was going to go as far as it did but because I guess when I first thought about like doing at least just getting into MLP in general I'm thinking like oh this this is not for me you know this you know I didn't grow up with this stuff but then after literally like giving it a legitimate chance and I'm like oh this actually does have a good message cool and then going to the con and then going to the convention and doing all the cosplays and then seeing how the community just evolves with it too like it just kept and there's like no it's infinite in a sense it does its own thing and when I got to get to do when I got to do the gala I started like I started to say I started to see it as more of a we're all here we're all family and I wanted to continue with this family too to the to, for as long as it can go because we we uh, we just we just work together that way we we care about each other we want to make sure everybody is you know um at least on the up and up and if anyone fell down we're going to pick them right back up and we're going to make them feel better and honestly like this is i don't get me wrong i love the community and everything but this gala crew this is my crew this is my crew this is the crew that I, can, I will have their back any day of the week, and I know they'll have mine. And come BronyCon, oh god, I'm gonna be. A, I know everyone's gonna be a hot mess, but oh man, I am going to be. A, I'll be like I'm. I'm a puddle. I'll be a freaking ocean on the floor. Uh, and 
I think no matter what, like we're gonna still make the best memories there. We're still gonna have the best night ever. And even when that's said and done, it's not over yet because we're still gonna have our fun. We're still gonna do what we like to do. And honestly, we'll maybe we'll try to figure. Maybe we'll figure out something in the future so that this crew can hang out once again because. I don't want I don't want to I don't want to lose in touch with this crew. This 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 Galacast is amazing. Cat's amazing, Shelby's amazing, everybody else is amazing. Uh and I don't know you know I know the future you don't know where the future's going to go. So honestly, I'll be driving the bus. Everybody hop in. We're going. <laughs> see, I don't see this as an end. I see it as a beginning because for me being a part of this gala, being a part of this fandom has opened so many doors for me and it's opened so many opportunities for the people in the gala to grow as a costumer, as a performer, as a person. I don't see this as, it might be the end of something physical, but it's not the end of our friendship. It's not the end of our collaborations. It might be our last BronyCon, but it's not our last hurrah. Thanks, guys. Uh, thanks a lot. We're running. We're, we're running a bit long on time. So, any clo closing thoughts? I just can't wait to see every pony. That's it. I'm just excited to see everyone. <laughs> Honestly, I'm in the same boat as Shelby. On top of, uh, just get ready for a lot of things. Just get ready for all the good things and all all the memories. Get ready for the feels. I was gonna say that for Cat, but. <laughs> I hope that if you are planning on attending the gala this year, I hope that you do. Our cast has worked very, very hard. We're looking forward to bringing you guys a really unique show filled with a lot of laughs, a lot of great moments, and maybe even a few feels for you guys. Because we, this may not, this may be the last BronyCon gala, but don't think this is the last of us you'll see us around and i'm just excited to bring the show back to BronyCon for it last year so i hope you all will come and join us and thank you for just being as supportive as you have been it really means the world to myself and to the rest of my staff and my cast. uh thank thank you all three of you for coming on this evening you've been awesome That about wraps things up here on this episode of Stable Geniuses. Thanks for listening. Look forward to seeing you next time. I'd like to remind you that if you have any questions for our guest, you can reach out to us via Facebook or Twitter using the hashtag Stable Geniuses or at the email podcast at bronycon.org. Stable Geniuses is a product of BronyCon. It is hosted by myself, Eagle. It is produced by Neon. Additional production and sound design by Reggie Kruger. And special thanks to everyone who's helped make this podcast a reality. Lastly, I'd like to remind you to check out the Google Forms link in the episode description as it leads to a form to enter a drawing for a free four-day badge to this year's BronyCon. See you all next time!